This is episode 41 of the Kindred Mom podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Welcome back, friends. I am very excited to be here with a brand new episode for you after a long summer break. My team and I took a few months off from Kindred Mom so we could spend time with our kids and be refreshed. Sometimes taking a break from the things you love is needed, and that's how I felt when we reached June, so the break was amazing, but I'm also glad to be back and have a number of new exciting things to share with you. First of all, we have a new website over at kindredmom.com, and I hope you'll check it out. It's a great new look to start off an exciting new season for our community. In this episode, I talk with Jenny Van Winkle and Lynn Patty. We do some catching up from our summer break. And after that segment, I have an interview with author Sandy Cooper. She's a wise mama with words of encouragement for those who are feeling the pressure of another school year that's about to begin. This season, Joyful Life magazine is a sponsor for our show. The Joyful Life is a new quarterly print publication for women. It has lifestyle inspiration designed to encourage a love for home and hospitality. It was created for the purpose of reigniting hearts and homes for Jesus through the honest stories of real women in search of authentic joy. The first issue of The Joyful Life is due out in November and will be available for pre-order on September 15th. To learn more, visit JoyfulLifeMagazine.com. Thank you for listening today and enjoy these conversations. I'm really glad to be back with Lynn Patty and Jenny Van Winkle, and this is episode 41 of the Kindred Mom podcast. Ladies, how are you? Yeah, doing pretty good over here. Doing well, Emily. Well, I'm so glad to be back and would love to jump in with just how have you been after this summer break and really specifically, what are some highlights from your summer? I feel like my summer break is just starting (laughs) in a a sense. (laughs) Yeah. We we moved from one house to another Mm -hmm. and I was quite surprised at how much goes into moving from a house that you've lived in for almost 10 years to another place. And the last time I moved, I didn't have kids. And so it's been a, it's been a whole new experience. Yeah. And so we're finally coming up for air and it's It's almost the middle of August. (laughs) Trying to enjoy those last weeks you have available, huh? Exactly. So it just feels a little strange. Yeah, we we had some travel and some camps and for the kids, and and now we are starting a huge adventure. We are going to pick up where Jenny left off, which is sell our house and move. So we're we're just starting that process, yeah. and so thanks for reminding me that it's going to be really hard, Jenny. No, it's just kidding. better to prepare yourself for hard That's and true. have it be easier than Expe- think, expectations right? is every, are, are everything. Yeah. But uh, we're doing we're doing pretty well over here. You know, I feel like when you have an infant, it's just a constant state of flux. And I'm I'm getting good at it, girls. I'm getting good at the flux. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm. You've had some practice, Lynn. Oh, just a little. How about you, Emily? What are you up to? Oh, I've just been enjoying summer with my kids. It has been a really wonderful few months for us in a lot of ways. Definitely has had its challenges as well. So not to make it sound like it's been super peachy because there have been some things. But overall, I feel like every time we get to summertime, I am just so surprised by what unfolds in those months. And 
for me, these last few months have been deeply rejuvenating Mm. in some ways that I didn't really expect. And I always have these big plans, like we're going to do everything fun. (laughs) We're going to have these rhythms. We're going to be going fun places. And it just (laughs) isn't like that. (laughs) It's just not. And at the same time, it's been really simple and good. And I feel like for all my plans, for things to be awesome. The awesome parts yeah. of it are the low key things that kind of fall in between the highlights. And there have been some really wonderful things that I would say are bigger events. We've gotten to spend a lot of great time with extended family that we don't usually get to see, which has been really meaningful. But I don't know, there's just some things about summer that have surprised me as far as the things that have been most life-giving. Yeah, we we had some time with extended family, you know, when we were traveling. And one of the things that I realized is how important it is to invest in those those relationships. I mean, obviously we all know family is not perfect, right? But I just felt mm-hmm. so rejuvenated by investing in those relationships in making the effort to go to them, which was a big deal for us, family of seven. But Mm -hmm. man, I just was like, you know, like my joy cup was filled up so much. It was like, even with those, Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, one of my brothers, I only saw him for just a few hours, but it was just like, oh, thank you for making that effort, you know, and they held my baby and they, you know, googly eyed at my two year old and like Mm -hmm. just stuff like that. It was so priceless. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I would love to know. Given everything that you've experienced this summer, do you feel more rejuvenated or do you feel exhausted or both? And what kind of space are you in as we are kind of staring down the barrel of a school year? It's a funny mix of exhaustion and rejuvenation. I guess I wouldn't have thought of pairing those two things together in describing how I feel about, you know, coming Mm -hmm. out of the end of the summer. But now that you mention it, I guess it's both. I do yeah. feel exhausted because I just, like I said, I haven't had any rest this summer. <laughs> um, and like yeah. you were also saying about just wanting to make memories and feel like you have this finite amount of time in the summer to sort of cram it all in. But when you try to do that, it just doesn't feel like you in- intended. So I feel exhausted, but I also feel sort of excited because the future is bright. It's brand new. We're we're doing something that is different and different that can have anxiety because it's different. Yeah. And your boys are going to school this fall. Yes. We've got a lot of transitions happening. My boys are starting kindergarten in a public school and I'm not quite ready to share them with other people yet. I've been home with them. They (laughs) haven't been to preschool or anything. We've done our schooling up to this point at home. And so yeah. it's another transition for me that I, I feel a little uneasy about, but I know that it's going to be good. It's, it's new, it's different, but I'm excited about it. Mm, so good. How about you, Lynn? How are you feeling after all these months of adventure? I am feeling really good. I, I thought that this summer was really cool because as we took away the structure of school, uh, because we do homeschool, mm-hmm. so we just, we were, okay, school's done and we're not going to do that anymore. And what emerged uh, when you said the word rhythms, it reminded me it, uh, like uh, these really cool rhythms emerged, you know, where the kids had elongated times of creativity. I had like elongated times in the kitchen because I didn't have to rush Mm -hmm. to get to, you know, get the schoolwork all going, whatever. And that was really cool. And so coming out of that is like this 
rejuvenation of, well, how do I make that go into our school year? Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I'm changing some of our patterns for the fall where I will be in the kitchen in the morning, making a batch of this or getting dinner ready. It might only be, might be a half hour. It might be an hour and a half. And you know, the kids, I'm, I'm going to try to get them to like, come to me there with their individual mm-hmm. work stuff, you know, anything they can do independently. And then we'll come together at like 10 or something for a, mm-hmm. a time together. And we had a baby midway through last year in February through the school year, that is, but we didn't stop. We yeah. have not stopped since last summer. And I just realized how desperately important it is just recently, I heard somebody say, oh, it was, it's like in the, in the year of Jubilee or whatever, where you just let whatever is growing, whatever is going to grow, just let it come up, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt like this summer. I felt like it was this pause where whatever seeds w- were growing, were going to pop up mm-hmm. and you got to deal with them. They weren't mm-hmm. all pretty. Some of them were (laughs) ugly, call them weeds or call them whatever. Mm -hmm. And I dealt with them, you know, or I am dealing with them. So that was pretty cool. And then moving forward just to make the getaway or the rest a part of our family uh, rhythms is just that that's what I'm looking ahead at is like, how are we going to take what I've learned and, you know, okay. So in October and then again in January and then mm-hmm. again in March, mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be like a huge expensive vacation, but just how are we going to unplug yeah. from the daily grind and do something restful? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think those are great thoughts and it leaves me with a question I wanted to ask both of you. What is something you learned about yourself or your family throughout this summer? I learned that I can take myself a whole lot less seriously than I do Mm -hmm. and that I'm going to like myself and how I treat my family a lot better when I just don't try as hard to make everything as perfect or as ideal in my head, knowing that we haven't gone out and done any vacations, but my kids have really had fun Mm -hmm. and we have made the most out of what we've been given this summer. And for me, it's like, I can just sit back and be grateful in that it's taken me this experience of uprooting my family to realize that there's a lot that I don't have to have in place. Mm -hmm. perfectly and will still function just fine. Yeah. Emily, I want to see how you would answer that question. What did you learn about yourself and your family this summer? I am a go-getter. I have a lot of plans and a lot of things on a list that I want to get done. And I just think that this summer was something that rearranged my priorities in a huge way. I was mostly off of social media, which for me to extract myself from social media is kind of a feat. This time it just felt like this hard chop when we hit June. I've basically posted almost nothing on Instagram. And of course, we didn't have um, regular content going out for Kindred Mom. And that was a breath that I desperately needed to take, not because social media is bad for me, because most of the time I don't feel that it is. I really enjoy the connections that I make and the friendships that I've made through social media, but there is something about being plugged into social media too much or too often that I do think robs us of the relationships that we would have face-to-face. And 
I feel like what I've learned through this summer is I just really do not want to be as dependent on social media going forward, even during the school year, even when Kindred Mom is running, that there is an element of moderation that I need to abide by just for the health of my soul and seeing what is most important in my life. I think sometimes I just feel like to press forward is the important thing to do, but I've been learning that kind of scaling back and being still and just really spending the time investing in my face-to-face relationships, my kids, my husband, Mm -hmm. my friends that are in town here, that that is so much more life-giving than someone liking my posts on Facebook. (laughs) You know, like, um, and I just, it's a reminder that we all need all of us. Yes. And obviously so much of what we do with Kindred Mom is based online, but uh, we received in a message from one of our readers that mentioned that she had pursued community in her local area this summer more than she had ever had before because of our prompting to do that, to like connect with some other mamas in her area. And she said, it's been the best summer in a long time. And that was just super encouraging for me because even though we have said that and we believe in that, to just see that that really rings true, that all the encouragement we can pack into this podcast or pack into the blog it really is still pales in comparison to the encouragement that you can get face to face with someone who knows you in your real life mm-hmm. and can encourage you in those especially vulnerable moments of motherhood that we're not broadcasting on the internet. So yeah, I would say that this summer was much more about sharpening mm-hmm. my vision for what it looks like to be invested in those daily relationships. How about you, Lynn? Well, I just was thinking on a practical level, I felt like I got reconnected to my kitchen and cooking Mm -hmm. and preparing food for my family and the season of having a baby. And just after is like, we, you know, we all know what that's like. (laughs) It just can be really, really hard to get in the kitchen or whatever. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed getting back in there and exploring new recipes and stuff like that. And then also we have in our kitchen, um, like we have a really big, big island counter. Mm -hmm. And then right next to our kitchen is our dining room. And so we actually tend to just eat at the counter, which is not the healthiest because that means I'm either standing or, you know, it's just not the best. So we just kind of move back into the dining room. And I'll tell you, just sitting around that table Mm -hmm. makes all the difference in the world. Mm. And last week, our little girl turned two and it was my favorite night of the whole year. And I literally, I made, I'll tell you the menu. You ready for this? Hot dogs with buns, potato chips, Mm -hmm. dip, and cut up cantaloupe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Best dinner And it was just like, everybody was talking. And then it, of course it was Ellie's birthday. So she's just, you know, I don't know. She just kind of like, she knew it's special, you know? Mm. And then I had made her just a really simple applesauce cake. And yeah, it was just really, really special. And there's literally nothing (laughs) extravagant or whatever about it. And now that we're looking at fall, it's coming quick. And I know that for Jenny and having kids go to school, and then for those of us who are homeschooling and preparing for that, I just know that there's a shift that happens. And I feel like it can kind of sneak up on us Mm -hmm. sometimes when it's right at our doorstep. 
So I have myself been trying to really think through what I can do to prepare for that shift because sometimes I feel like it's really jarring to step right into this week. We have these new things that haven't been in our schedule for months now and here they are again. And so I'm curious if you guys are doing anything to specifically prepare for September and kind of that shift of things in your family. And if so, what are they? For us, I really do prefer starting school in August in in an effort to do what you were just saying, Emily, which is to just make the transition ease into September. Yes. <laughs> um, our September is when all of our like weekly commitments kind of gear up and stuff like that. So I do try to start in in August and it always just seems, I always just am like, we, we got to do something here. Cause you kids are like, you know, starting to become <laughs> feral. So, um, so yeah, we actually started today with, uh, my two boys who are eight and six. Um, my older daughter is not here this week. So the, in it, that's again, an effort to ease into it. It's just like kind of manage the babies and then the two boys. And Jenny, you said something earlier where it's like, I just, obviously the education of my children is serious, but I feel like sometimes I just take it so seriously that I'm like, like where, where is the grace or the fun or the the wiggle room? Or I think my eight year old one time, he, he told me while we did school, he was like, mom, I just, I need you to be my cheerleader. Oh wow! (laughs) And I was like, insightful. Oh buddy. Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm really not being a cheerleader. I'm being a drill sergeant, you know? So so we're, we're easing in that way and I'm not making them do all of the things. We'll just kind of get them in a little by little by little. Mm -hmm. So how about you, Jenny? You've got some big transitions coming. Yeah. And I guess for, for me feeling like I want to be able to be there and handle those transitions and Mm -hmm. be a steady rock for my kids, knowing that it's going to be quite different for them. Yeah. I want to kind of have my stuff out of the way. And so I've been practicing this month, getting up early mm-hmm. and doing some personal things, uh, exercise and writing. And I'm not always great with discipline and I'd much rather sleep in if it's, you know, if it's possible. But for me, I'm just anticipating they're going to need me to be ready and available when it's the morning. And so I'm trying to discipline myself to take care of myself and Mm -hmm. be ready for them when they get up. If I'm set and ready to go, then I'll be a better scaffold for them when they're going through their stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and they're all such great habits to begin, especially when you're not yet in the transition time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that so often we just let life come at us. So we're reacting in real time when we don't really have the vision for how could I do this in a way that serves my needs and serves my kids and serves my family. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do right now as we prepare for the year. I am a pretty flexible person in general when it comes to what our days look like day to day. But The downside of that is I can be a little too flexible with what is required for all of the kids. And now that we have all six are pretty busy, um, my two and a half year old is very, very busy. (laughs) And um, (laughs) so I really, even though he doesn't need to be schooled necessarily, he does need to have activities for him to do or he will find his own activities. And I try to see things in seasons for my family. So I'm looking at September through November, basically, 
just looking at what are our school commitments because we have a few classes and other things that they're involved in. And I'm trying to create sheets for each child every week that details what they need to do because what I cannot do is keep track of that for all of them and be the real-time instruction giver (laughs) for every Mm -hmm. last thing, whatever they can do independently. And since I have some older ones now, I'm just trying to give them as much independence as I can um, with those things because I think everyone will do better if they know this is what's expected. These are my charts for my chores around the house, which up until now, we haven't really done individual separate chores. It's usually just Mm -hmm. a couple times a day, flip on the music, everybody start cleaning and I'll kind of separate out in each room who should be doing what jobs. And so I'm trying to just make the shift to giving them some ownership and and responsibility over certain areas of the house so that they can really practice doing those things without being asked (laughs) is my hope. And um, we'll see if that comes together. Never a better time to learn those skills than now, right? Yeah. Well, and I just, Mm -hmm. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's been good for us to have the team approach to a lot of things. Um, I think we work really well as a team in a lot of things, but as individuals, my kids don't always like look and see what needs to be done and then do it, which is something that has mm-hmm. grown a little frustrating for me this summer <laughs> is yeah. just they can all see it and they all walk past it because I haven't started the music and given the command. And so um, I'm just seeing some ways that we could improve in their individual responsibility and taking care of our home in their own invested ways. So that's what my hope is for this coming season. That's really good. All these good ideas. I'm thinking kindergartners are about the age for chores. Uh (laughs) (laughs) My boys are having such fun transitioning the wet laundry into the dryer today. I was like, this is a great chore for you. This is just your size. You enjoy opening and closing these doors. (laughs) (laughs) Capitalize on the things that they find enjoyable, right? Yeah. So, well, we have some awesome new stuff going on with our website. I thought we could talk about that for a minute because just... Last week, the Kindred Mom website came online, a brand new one with a new look. And it's something that has been in the works for a while. I really wanted to do it uh, well before this summer, but just with the regular commitments of life and everything, I just couldn't do it until some things were put on hold for a bit. And the summer afforded us that time. And so um, one of the things that has always been sad for me is that the wonderful heartfelt essays that other mamas share with us um, that are so rich with wisdom and vulnerability that once they are shared, they kind of disappear into the abyss of the Kindred Mom website. And this new site, Mm -hmm. I think, resolves some of that. It's easier to click through in different categories and find older posts that I just don't want to have buried there um, because they're so great. And so, so I am hoping that those who are listening to this podcast will go and check it out if they haven't already and just explore and find some of the gems that have been hidden there for a while. 
We have a couple of freebies that have been on the website for a while, but they kind of also have been buried. So I wanted to bring those up again because there's just a lot of good stuff there. I actually opened all of them myself in the last week and just kind of reabsorbed what it is that we created together as a team. And I'd love to talk about them one by one. So anybody listening who hasn't gotten their copies of them, if they want them, knows what is there for them. And the first one that we put together, we called Manage the Mayhem of Motherhood, 52 Ideas to Help You Flourish. And this one is special to me because there is so much in there that is the practical everyday, how do we get through these hard days with little ones, especially. And I know Mm -hmm. you guys remember putting this together. Um, Is there something from that guide that has stuck with you personally or is something that you think would be really good for other moms to know about? What I love about this guide is that it just sort of starts from this frenzied place that we Mm -hmm. can get when we stop taking Mm -hmm. care of ourselves. And it gives a bunch of these ideas that will help to shift the mental space that you're in to one that is more peace centered and not the frenzied I'm just Mm -hmm. barely doing what I can do to make it through my day. Yeah, Jenny, you said it the best. It just, this whole resource just kind of takes us, you know, from one frenzied place to a better place. And the one Mm -hmm. particular subcategory that I'm drawn to is overwhelmed to simplify. That one just catches my attention every time. I love the idea of stick to the basics or Mm -hmm. let the kids have only two messes at a time. I actually live by that rule, the the two messes at a time. (laughs) And then the second one, the second subcategory, whatever, is the exhausted Mm -hmm. to rest. And the, the one that just sticks out to me is building quiet time into your day. It's just so essential. And the caveat that says, do not clean. Do not clean. Absolutely. No, yeah. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. I just love this because it's so like, it's super practical stuff. They're really easy to implement. And, you know, the page that has things that help move you from anxious to peaceful. um, The very first line says, figure out what is essential and cut everything that's not essential. And that I feel like is how I have navigated life through the last couple of years as we added more and more children to our family, that the non-essential things have been left. (laughs) Like they just, it's kind of a necessity at this point. It has helped me to see how much I carry around that isn't essential. The desire to simplify my life is not really about spaces and things as much as it is about my heart and the things that weigh on me from the perspective of just my thoughts and my emotions. And so um, there's another one from that page that says to keep white space in your calendar and not to overcommit to activities. And I just think that that is a super practical thing that it's easy to add things to the calendar without even thinking, is this essential for us? Is this something that we really care about or is our top priority? And if it's not at the top, then feel free to cut it 
And that is something that's been helping me a lot. It's all good. Stuff. Yeah, these resources, these resources that we have are really, really great. I think even as team members, we're all like, oh, yeah, yeah. that, remember? <laughs> this is yeah. so good. So you're kind of wanting to resurrect attention to them just because I do think that there's a lot of wonderful things here for moms who feel overwhelmed, feel anxious, feel spent and spread thin. And so we just hope that some of these ideas are helpful to those who seek them out and there's a couple other things that are in our resource library that I'd love to draw attention to. One is the self-care series that we did in January, which has probably been the biggest thing in my life this year uh, as far as rearranging my thinking <laughs> and my habits. And I am now in the process of writing a book about it because that's how big it has been for me. Um and that resource that we put together from that series uh, was called Create a Sustainable Self-Care Plan. So I'd love for us to talk about what that is so that if anybody is interested in getting a copy for themselves, they know what they'd be getting into. So the resource is basically an opportunity to examine what your current life is pertaining to self-care and redefining what self-care is. Because a lot of times we have these ideas that self-care is some extravagant, luxurious thing that requires time and money or something like that. And to really understand that self-care is very multifaceted and really doesn't mean that someone is rubbing your back. <laughs> even though even though that's like, that yes, would be I really need that. That's <laughs> some self-care for me because my back is shot. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's so wonderful to be able to look at the things that are very subtle yeah. in your life. That if you allow them into your life, for example, the one that I love is in the questionnaire is the area of my house that brings me the most peace. And I love that because for me, the area in my house that brings me the most peace is the room with the least amount of anything in it. <laughs> and um, because it's like, yeah. I don't have to worry about the things yeah. if there aren't any things in the room. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so um, but, but it's not something that I would necessarily think of when I'm considering self-care, yeah. but it does relate. If I'm residing in my home, yeah. what are some things that I can do to make that existence in that space the most pleasurable and enjoyable? Yeah. That's self-care, yeah. right? So what I really like is that it asks us to think in different ways yeah. when we define self-care for ourselves. Yeah. And it's basically a questionnaire to go through and gives a couple prompts where you can fill in some blank lines with things that come to mind when you answer that question for yourself. And that is supposed to lead you into filling some categories with ideas for how you might be able to tend to those really practical daily needs. And the whole thing about self-care that has rocked me so much this year is just seeing that I have a lot of power in the situation that I'm in to be well and to be prepared for the challenges in front of me and for a lot of years, I just thought this is just how it is. I'm just going to be spent and that's just all there is to it. And there are days that are very exhausting. So I'm not trying to make it like you can be perfectly energetic all day long every day because that's not what it has been for me. But seeing that I have 
room and vision and follow through in these small ways that really are serving these deep needs of myself that help me to serve my family well and not just feel like I'm being pummeled by life all the time. And so I just want other moms to know that spread thin does not have to be the default. It is a reality that I think comes again and again, but it doesn't have to be the default. And so this resource is my hope and prayer that women would discover those small things they can do every day that are are super easy to implement to just take steps forward in that journey of caring well for themselves. And you can release the guilt you feel of doing something for yourself and realizing that if you can, if you can allow that, if you can allow your heart to accept, this is something that's important. Mm -hmm. It's not luxury. It's important and it's necessity. Then I think everybody benefits, right? When mama's happy, everybody's happy kind of a thing. So (laughs) that's not too far from the truth. Yeah. Well, great. Well, we have just two more. We'll kind of get through them quickly um, so we can wrap up here pretty soon. But one of them that we did last, I think it was April, it was 100 quality screen time options for kids. And this is just a one sheet list of some different categories divided by age and has websites and TV programs and stuff for kids that we have previewed, I would say you'd still probably want to preview for your own family based on your preferences with media and your kids' ages, but they made the cut. So I don't think that they're junk. (laughs) They just may or may not be what your family chooses. Um, It's obviously meant to be a resource for a variety of moms. And this has been great because I discovered a number of educational websites that I didn't know about before. And there were a couple of TV shows that my kids had not been introduced to yet. So I always love having um, just an option for something new that isn't Daniel Tiger or (laughs) um, some of the ones that I've already memorized all the episodes, even though it's been in the background (laughs) of my my other things that I do. And um, so I just love that for the simple fact that it gives somewhere to start if you're just looking for something new for your kids to be able to do when you need them to be occupied. (laughs) So the last one, I feel like there's still time to take advantage of it, even though we're nearing the end of the summer. And that was a summertime boredom busters download that has a bunch of different ideas for activities you can do with your kids. And I would say it's geared a little bit more toward a younger crowd. But um, there's a lot of really awesome, easy to do ideas, most of which don't cost any money. They're just things that you have around your house and stuff. So if that is something that interests you, that is still available in the library as well. So think of it as like a bailout for when you're overwhelmed with mom brain. (laughs) Because when all of us with mom brain get together and put our little tiny bits of One time I did this thing with my kids and they didn't hate it. We put that together. It's like collective (laughs) mom brain can overcome singular mom brain. Well, and what I love about all these resources is we really did collaboratively create them as a team. Some of them, even with input from moms, just from different Facebook groups and different places. So it's not just like one person had a brilliant idea and then produced this document. There are things that have been collaboratively created that involve the perspective and experience of multiple moms. And that's just really awesome. It's been so exciting to be a part of creating all of these resources. You feel like you've got 
more information than you realize that you can impart to people. And that's true of every mom. Every mom has something. And the reason I wanted to mention all these is partly because we really would love to see these resources in the hands of the moms who listen to our podcast. And also we have another extra special resource that's coming out with our series in September. So we're hoping that you'll go subscribe to our newsletter and so that you can be one of the first to receive, especially the new one that's coming. Uh, We're going to talk about it more in the next episode, but it's really great and I can't wait to share it. Yes. Stay tuned. Ooh, teaser. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies. Well, I so appreciate you just being here to chat with me and share about your summer fun and we'll catch you really soon on another episode. Thanks, Emily. It's always nice chatting with you. Thanks, ladies. Sandy Cooper is my guest for a quick chat about transitioning from summer to autumn. Sandy, welcome. No, thank you so much for having me, Emily. Sandy is the author of Finding Your Balance, a lovely Bible study that is full of insightful and practical wisdom. And she explores finding balance in, quote, your actual messy, beautiful life. And so before we jump into the topic, would you mind telling our listeners a bit about you and your family? Sure. I am a mom uh, to four children. My first son, he passed away at the age of nine months. And then I have three living children, a 19-year-old daughter, a son who turned 17 in a couple days, um, and an 11-year-old daughter. And my youngest two came to us through adoption, one domestic and one international. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been married to John for almost 25 years. We'll be celebrating our 25th anniversary in October. Mm-hmm. And I'm also the women's ministry leader at my church. Um, I'm a writer and uh, sometimes speaker. I've been blogging since 2008 when yeah. blogs came etched on stone tablets <laughs> and, um, and I've been uh, leading and teaching Bible studies uh, since I was 18 years old. So that is about 32 years that I have been oh. doing that. Well, that's amazing. I just love hearing about your family. So we have some context from the perspective with which you will offer your wisdom and the stories that you have to share. And in this episode, we're kind of talking about how as the seasons turn, especially from summer to fall, that's kind of a big change for a lot of families and the rhythms and schedules definitely change especially for families that have kids in school, but even for Mm -hmm. mothers with little ones at home that are not yet school age. And I am really confident you'll have some words of wisdom for us about how we (laughs) approach the transition into new rhythms. And I was just going to say that your Bible study is lovely. I have the privilege of having a copy at my house. (laughs) And thank you. There's a quote in there. um, I think it's lesson two that says from season to season, circumstances, and priorities change. What works in one season will not necessarily work for the next. In fact, it usually doesn't. And I would love for you to talk to us just about what you have learned from experience about how to transition well from one season to another with kids in the mix. So personally, I I thrive when I find a good routine that works. Mm -hmm. And so transitions are especially challenging for people like me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I, you know, transitions can of course be huge, like moving or having a new baby or quitting or starting a job or launching a child. Um, or they can be really small, like you said, like back to school after summer, or even, you know, just maybe a preschooler dropping that middle of the day nap or, you know, all of those things I have experienced. So everything I just said, (laughs) I have experienced. Um, so some things that help me transition, first of all, I have to always establish my non-negotiables. So there are some things that are just constant in every season. And for me, um, those are the things that, that must happen no matter what. So that my, so that I remain at peace. And so my household remains at peace. Mm -hmm. And for me, and this is not to, you know, shame anyone who doesn't do these particular things because you'll, if you get very far into my Bible study, you'll realize that it really is about you asking God what you should be doing. So, but for me, um, those things are, first of all, making sure that I'm spending daily time with God. Mm -hmm. And secondly, making sure that I spend some way, somehow every day, moving my body, exercising in some way. And those are just two things that I know I can't do without those two things. I'm not okay. And obviously in every season that looks way different now. I mean, with, with one child out of my house and a almost 17 year old and 11 year old, totally different than when I had a newborn. Do you know what I mean? So, so every season it looks different, but that's the first thing I do is plug in. Where am I going to spend time with God? And when am I going to exercise? And how, you know, because it's a whole different thing when you're pushing a baby in a stroller or you can go to the gym or you can go in your basement and do a video or whatever. So then the second thing that is really important in transition time is asking God to lead me what my priorities should be for that particular season. And so, you know, everything and I talk, this is like the, the main part of the Bible. When we talk about the main part of the Bible study is when we talk about our priorities everything should flow from loving God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving other people, loving your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that all the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. Like they're that important. And so, so I, I ask God in every season of transition, what does that look like right now? Like what does loving you look like right now? What does loving the people that you've put in my life look like right now. Mm-hmm. And then what the Lord reveals to me, and I rely heavily on the spirit of God to lead me. What he reveals to me during that season will directly affect what I say yes to, what I say no to, you know, yeah. all the distractions, all the things that come at me yeah. looking like I need to be doing this either because, you know, school is looking for volunteers or my Instagram feed says that all the other moms are doing this or, you know, whoever puts any kind of expectation on me, I can honestly look at, okay, transitioning into this next season. Is that a priority for me? Or did God, you know, if once God tells me what those priorities are, then I can, I can filter everything else out. So yeah, I would say that those are the two main things. And I can't really hear from God Again, not to shame women who may not have their daily time with God already established. I just want to encourage women, especially young moms and young, you know, people with little ones, because it is so challenging. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying if, if you make time for anything in your schedule, make time 
for hearing from God so that he can tell you what your priorities should be as you're transitioning into the next season. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate those thoughts. And I know that it's so easy to let just busyness and what everyone needs and all of the moving Mm -hmm. assets of a family can really interrupt our ability to be still and just take that time. I kind of do that both on a daily basis and the way that you're talking about, but I also try to have like a look for the season ahead and figure out, okay, what Mm -hmm. is my personal vision through prayer, Mm -hmm. considering where our family has been and where we're going to just kind of wrap my mind around how this next season may be different. Even though there are things that we can't always anticipate, there are some things that I I do know and try to evaluate uh, what it is that I think is going to be most requiring my attention, um, any changes to my particular commitments or for me, I'm a project oriented person and a lot of times either set down a project in order to take on something else that's come up or, um, you know, especially like a new sports season when I have two kids Mm -hmm. in soccer and that sort of thing. So I just appreciate Mm -hmm. your thoughts about that. And I know that you've been writing about balance for a long time and almost to the exclusion of a lot of other things. And I'm really curious if you could talk about what balance is to you, uh, because I have heard so many different things over the years about from two sides of the equation, like they have to have everything in balance or moderation. And then the other side that like balance is myth and, you know, two ideas kind of compete for attention in my mind. And I'm just really interested to know what balance is to you and how your definition might be different than what some of us think about when we are talking about it. Yeah, uh, you know, and I I think this is such a huge question, such an important (laughs) question to answer for yourself, because, Mm -hmm. because how we define balance really sets the foundation for everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, like you said, a lot of women will view balance as scales or spinning plates or walking a balance beam or juggling balls or any other word picture that basically implies this impossible task of cramming everything in and holding it all together perfectly. Yeah. And, and that, that really just does produce so much frustration because all of those models of balance fail us eventually. And that's why you hear so many women and and even some really prominent Christian women say balance is a myth. And, you know, and and as a person who has built her whole writing platform on the idea of balance, you know, that's a little frustrating for me to hear (laughs) prominent Christian women say, yeah, it's all fake. Like you can't do it. And I'm thinking, yes, yes, actually you can. So, um, so after, and I would say, yes, balance by any of those definitions is impossible. It is a myth. Like who can hold all the plates and all the balls and hand spin everything and balance it? You can't, you absolutely cannot. And so after years of striving for that, because I kept trying to do those things and, Mm -hmm. and that is why, that is why I feel like I can write on this topic forever because I'm the poster child for here are all the things that don't work. Cause I've tried <laughs> them all and it doesn't work. Um, so, you know, I have determined this is the, this is the, the definition that I have learned encompasses everything that I mean when I say balance. Yeah. So first of all, balance is peace and mm-hmm. peace is a spiritual condition. So first and foremost, balance, is something that comes from God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it, it are, there are things we can do that affect it, but mm-hmm. there, 
it truly is something that, you know, is a fruit of the spirit. So balance is peace, Mm -hmm. whereby I know my priorities, which is, you know, what I should be doing. And I, I live out those priorities, how that looks like, what does that look like in this season in my life? And I do that by operating through freedom in Christ, which I Mm -hmm. define as operating in my gifts and talents and strengths with the right attitude and right thoughts. Mm-hmm. So we, we actually, the, you know, the Bible study unpacks, we, we, yes. we take all 11 lessons and unpack every bit of that definition. Yes. So, you know, but we, we keep going back to it and back to it because it really is. Do you have peace? Are, do you know what your priorities are? Are you living those priorities out? Are you operating in your gifts and talents? And do you have a right attitude about all of that? And that, when you do that, and it's a complicated, you know, it's always changing just Mm -hmm. like, you know, from season to season, from sometimes day to day, you know, it really requires you to stay plugged into what God is telling you to do right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I, I feel like balance is not probably the word that I would have thought of when we're talking about it in this context, partly because mm-hmm. I have been myself on a journey towards simplicity for about yep. I would say nine years now. So to me, simplicity is a means to coming to that place of peace that you're talking about. And I do think yep. it, results, it absolutely results in the balance that you're putting forward as your definition. Um, and I think one of the things that's hard for moms is just feeling like we have to do everything on the list. <laughs> everything. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> for us to get to that place of peace. And I think my experience is that I actually have to do less than what's on that list. I have to figure out which things do not belong in the priority categories for that season so that the things that are, are attended to. And I feel like I can do them well. And that's hard because sometimes we have to sacrifice things that we love, things that seem important or urgent, things that might disappoint someone else because they really think we need to be doing this thing. And it's definitely Definitely not easy to discern and sift through what those things are all the time. But I, there's another part of, I think it's um, from lesson one, you have this exhaustive list of all the things that women (laughs) believe that they have to achieve in order to kind of fit the good mom in quotations title. And I don't know about you, but motherhood has been so humbling for me in ways that when I looked at that list, I kind of just laughed because I'm like, this is so preposterous when you start adding up the expectations that we all, like, I know that we each are a little different in what it is we expect of ourselves, but in general, the list is typically much longer than is even reasonable. And so as the last question for you, I'd love for you to just talk about expectations and how to find freedom from the constant pressures to do more than we are capable of or more than we're even asked to do by God. Sure. Yeah. That, that list that you are referring to that came about because, you know, I was in the middle of studying for this Bible study and I saw when, when the teachers of the law asked Jesus that question about what is the greatest commandment, Mm -hmm. I was actually studying like the backstory of that and realizing that I learned that the Jews at the time had over 600 laws that they 
were trying to keep. And some of them had like, they categorized in major and minor laws and some of them felt like they were all equally important. And so when they posed that question to Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? They were truly asking, well, they were trying to trip them up is what they were doing, but they were throwing out this controversial question. And so I thought, wow, you know, that is exactly how I am. Like I have all of these self-imposed expectations that I try to keep up. Plus I have everything that God has given me to do. Mm -hmm. Plus I have everything that everyone else thinks that I should do. And trying to sift through all of that really helped me clarify what my priorities really are. Like really, what is God telling me to do? Mm -hmm. And so it was funny when I, I thought, well, if I have all these expectations about myself, I wonder what other moms think. And so I just threw that question out to my Facebook page, um, you know, to finish that sentence. And it was amazing. I mean, I don't know how many are on there, uh, several dozen. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And and many of them, it's really long. And, and, you know, and many of them contradict each other. So, you know, like a good mom has a career and volunteers at school and stays home. Like everyone has their own idea about what that is. So, you know, for me, I felt like a good mom, one of my self-imposed ones were, was a good mom is spontaneous. Yeah. And like, I always felt like, you know, good moms just go with the flow. You know, they just, they, they'll just bring fun things on their kids and they'll, they'll yeah. run through the sprinklers and have a fun activity planned and do yeah. crafts. And okay, well, I don't really like doing any of that. And I'm not really <laughs> wired that way. Yeah. And so I was always feeling off balance. Like I was always feeling like I am not doing this right. I'm failing. I'm a bad mom. So my freedom mm-hmm. came in first of all, discovering and embracing how God wired me Mm -hmm. and operating in that rather than fighting it all the time. So when I realized that, you know, that, that really my gifts are not in spontaneity, but mine are really, I'm really good about helping my kids establish structure and routine, like good routines, not Mm -hmm. like getting in a rut, but like really establishing good routines that serve them well in life, you know, Mm -hmm. studying and prayer and cleaning the house and, you know, all of those things are just really good things. So I felt like that I would encourage the listeners is just find those things where you thrive Mm -hmm. and embrace that first of all. And then secondly, letting the current season of life, like settling into that Mm -hmm. and realizing that different seasons will afford us different opportunities. So maybe in that example of a good mom has a career and volunteers at school and stays home, you know, maybe it's, Maybe it's have your career now and you stay home later or you stay home now and and you have your career later. And, you know, you might be able to do all of those things. Mm -hmm. But third, and I think this is really vital, is getting to the root of where those self-imposed laws and expectations are coming from. You know, is it because this is how you were raised? That's how your mom did it? Mm -hmm. Is it because when you scroll through social media, you see what everyone else is doing and you have formulated in your brain this fake woman who does all the things when really it's like 20 different women doing 20 different things. But in your mind, it's one woman who does all the things and you would compare yourself to her. Or did you read a book on parenting that, you know, your best friend who raised great kids recommends. And so you decide, Oh, I have to do it this way. Or is this God? Did God say, I'm asking you to prioritize this and set aside this. Like when you really can get to the root of it, yeah. Um, 
I, I really feel like freedom comes on the other side of that. And if, if it's okay, I just want to share one quick example of where just getting to the root of it was so helpful for me. When my kids were little, I had the self-imposed standard of before my, I stayed, I stayed home with my kids and, um, and before my husband walked through the door at night, I wanted to make sure the house was picked up, that the kids were dressed in clean clothes because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they didn't always stay clean during the day yeah. and that dinner was hot on the table. Okay. So I would set, I set that standard for myself mm-hmm. and I'm not really sure where that came from. The dinner part, maybe my mom, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I don't remember my mom like having a stick and stand house and us always being perfectly clothed yeah. when my dad walked in at night, but yeah. somewhere I picked all that up. Okay. So I gathered all that up. That became my standard. And I would kill myself to, to get that to happen. Yeah. And my husband walked in the door one night and I'm just in tears. Yeah. And I said, you know, and I started yelling at him yeah. for, for making me do all this. Like you expect too much. And he, we sat down and he just looked at me like so tenderly. And he said, Sandy, I have not asked you to do any of that. Yeah. And I was like, yes, you have. And he's like, no, I have not. And so I said, okay, what do you want me to do at the end of the day? Like when you walk in, what do you, and I almost said it in an accusatory way. Yeah. And his response was when I walk in at the end of the day, I just want peace. I just want you to be happy. Yeah. And he said, I don't even care if you have dinner finished. I don't care if we eat peanut butter and jelly. I don't Mm. care if the house is a mess. I don't care if the kids are dirty. Mm. And he said, the only thing I expect you to accomplish during the day is to raise our kids with the values that we want our kids to have. And beyond that, I don't really care what you do. Yeah. And okay. So that was like 20 years ago that he Mm -hmm. said that to me, but it changed everything. Yeah. Because then I realized, okay, I can have dinner ready and I can keep the house picked up. And and maybe I want to do some of those things for me or the kids or whatever. But, but there was the freedom from this. This was not God. This wasn't my husband. This this was just some crazy expectation that I had set for myself. So Mm -hmm. I would really encourage women to get to the root of those things and figure out what they're actually comparing themselves against so that they can truly make room for what God is telling them. Well, Sandy, I so appreciate your wisdom. There's so many rich things in what you have said that I, I'm taking to heart and I hope that our listeners mm. do too. So thank you so much for being here. And anybody who is intrigued by Sandy's thoughts on balance, I recommend her Bible study and you can find the link for that in our show notes. And thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Emily. It was, it was a great time. Thanks.